I had healthy snacks filled up in the fridge. Dinner was always on time, perfectly balanced meals. The fun mum, like I was literally, yeah, every box you could tick as to what a like perfect mum looked like in society. That's pretty much what I did. And then, yeah, like now running, a, like running my own business, you can't maintain that. Not that it was important to, but it was just my identity back then. And now my identity has shifted. I think we've gone through a massive learning curve as a family. My husband started to see this other side of me that was really hidden for a long time. It was a big adjustment, but now I feel like we've come probably the last six months. It's like all becoming balanced again and everyone's, you know, understanding that things have changed and, and actually are really proud of what I've started to achieve. Hello and welcome to Parenthood, conversations about life after kids. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every fortnight I will bring you discussions about the real and raw realities of parenting, life behind the Instagram filter. Join us as we laugh, cry and bond over the organised chaos that is parenthood. Jen, welcome to the podcast. So great to have you with us here today. Thank you for having me. Um, so basically, Jen, you're a sleep consultant with your own business, Sleep Thrive and Grow, which in itself is an accomplishment. So well done, girl, on having your own business. Yeah, I would say I had my first grey hair the other day. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's down to starting this business. But yeah, very, very Started. happy with where it's at. Yeah, starting the business and having children. I feel like when I had children. (laughs) Totally. Um, And so I'm really excited. I mean, obviously you have a wealth of expertise in the sleep area, but what I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about is your motherhood journey. Yeah, no, I'm more than happy to show that because it was actually really interesting preparing for this podcast and reflecting back through so many areas. And then I'm, I'm looking back going, Oh, I don't think I address that very well. I think I need to address it now. And it's like (laughs) little things that you've done um, just to get you through. And then you kind of, oh, that still resonates with these type of feelings. So now I'm more than happy to share my experience. I think it's so powerful to hear from different mums, their different journeys and to, you know, you can only learn and gain from it and feel that, you know, secure that you're not the only one feeling these feelings. A hundred percent. I know some people that I get on the podcast are like, oh, that was good therapy. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do that as well. <laughs> so let's start right from the start, from the start mm-hmm. of your motherhood journey. So, or even before you had children, let's talk about that. So your partner was a fly in, fly out for work. So for those yeah. listening, there's chunks of time in which he would be in Perth, where you were based in Perth at the time. Yep. Yep. So yep. He, he did a number of different rosters that like we did two and two, like two weeks away, two weeks home. Then it was like three and two and then four weeks away, one week home. Like we've juggled really um, sort of like throughout our relationship, it almost got longer and longer stints because the type of projects he was involved with. Mm. Um, but, you know, it kind of worked for us in some ways because I've always Um, being very independent. I was studying to be a nurse at the time. So, you know, there was lots of times, obviously, I missed him socially, and we were very social, you know, like young couple as as most couples are. So definitely times I felt that absence, but the majority of the time I kept quite focused and I had my own 
um, kind of life. I wasn't kind of all just solely about him. So it, yeah, it was like swings and roundabouts, but probably the four on one, four weeks away and one week home was our biggest test as a couple because that was, you know, over half our our relationship was FIFO. And, you know, I ended up starting to grudge him when he came home because the house was like how I wanted it for four weeks. And then he would come home for a week and it would just be like destroyed or he would leave stuff everywhere. And I was trying to be happy that he's home. But at the same time, I was like, oh my God, like, so yeah, we knew that wasn't a sustainable um, amount of time to be away. Mm, how long did he do the four weeks on four weeks off do you remember we did a while it was a good uh, eight to ten months of four and one and it got to a point where we actually said it's almost like got to make or break and to go okay we're either going something needs to change or I feel like we're just going to keep you know drifting apart more and more although we talked every night on the phone it was just not having that physical being all the time so and you know I know out there there's women that do even longer stints. So I literally take my hat off to them that are surviving this and going through this when they don't always have a choice to change. Um, yeah. must be really, really tough. Did you have children at the time when you he was doing the four weeks on for one week? No, no, thank okay. goodness. Yeah. But we yeah. did do some long rosters when mm. I became a mum of three. I had we did three and one for a while. Like we did a really tough stint. Um that was really hard. And then we went to three and three. So it was even time. Um, but that was, yeah, sole parenting for three weeks straight with three kids under five. <laughs> so it was, yeah, we've definitely, you know, had that, had big transitions and big moments of time mm. apart trying to juggle parenting as well. Mm. You mentioned when he was doing the four weeks on, one week off, that you did get to a point where you thought, you know what, we've got to assess our relationship here and work out whether this is going to be sustainable. What did that conversation look like for you at the time? I'm pretty open and honest to be, you know, to be fair. And communication in relationships has always been something I've tried to maintain. And I just think it's so important to, you know, to feel that you can, put those feelings out there and discuss them. And it takes me a lot to get there. Like I'm pretty, as a person, I'm really tolerant of most things. I'm not one that has um, kind of a really, yeah, like I, I just go with the flow a lot of the time. So for me to get to that point, it ta- and my husband, I think, is aware of that. For me to get to the point where I'm like, nah, like this isn't working anymore. Um you know, I, I want, I can see our relationship starting to break down and I don't like that feeling. I don't want it to be there. What can we do to change it? So he, you know, automatically he sort of listens straight away. He's like, right, she's at that point because I just know how tolerant she is in general. So yeah, it was very just open and honest um, conversation. And um, yeah, just, we just talked through what's been going on. And I said, I don't want to keep like hating the time you're home. Like if I'm starting to hate when you're home, not enjoy it, then that's something that needs to change. Mm. Did he then scale back on the schedule? What happened then? Yeah. So that was involved him talking to his work, looking at different options. Um, so I was like, anything is better than this. You know, it wasn't mm. that like I needed him to stop FIFO life because that's all we, we had known through our whole relationship. And it's something that I was okay with. And it was where he was in the industry he's in. He went from mining to oil and gas, and it's a lot of FIFO work. So, 
you know, I wasn't asking for a whole career change, just some kind of adaptability. And I feel that the companies are getting better at being more family friendly, but there is some companies that are still very much all about just getting their guys out there to work and not really considering the family alongside it. So Mm. yeah, we um, ended up sort of looking down that route and changing companies and finding a different Mm. roster that worked better for us. Mm. And at what point did you start thinking we might sort of look into having children and start trying? And, And as you were having those thoughts, did you think about how potentially his lifestyle and, and work life um, would impact on, yeah, essentially your ability to parent together? See, I don't think it did because mm. I, my parents are both very um, capable people or that's what they put out there is, you know, they're, they're always doing things, they're just busy and they're like, they just get on with life, just get on with everything. So I just being brought up in that mentality, I was like, oh, just get on with it. Like, this is just how it will be. You know, kids will just fit in and we'll just go with the flow. Like, I really wasn't stressed about not coping at that time. I thought, yeah, this will be fine. But it's all good saying that before you have kids and then you have kids and go, oh, my gosh. Um, it is another whole b- different ball game when you're dealing with a child and it's all on you when your partner's away. Mm. Is there a time that comes to mind where you thought, okay, new mum, got little bubs, I'm by myself, you know, hubby's at work and potentially gone for a week or two weeks or whatever it looks like. I don't know if I can do this. Like this is really hard. Yeah, it was, I think there was many times I felt like that, but I like I stopped myself allowing myself to feel like that. So there would be so many times I would just sit there and just, like almost not want to go downstairs because I could hear like everyone starting to wake up and I was just like, I'm not ready. Like I just, I don't know if I've got the energy to do this again. And, um, but yeah, I was sort of very, as I said, that um, capable kind of um, techniques I've learned or been brought up with, like they would kind of switch in and I'll just go almost like pull yourself together, like get on with it and do it. And yeah, it would be something that I did quite often and, you know, go through phases of wanting a wine at 4pm because I'm just like exhausted and just, you yeah, know, feel so, you. <laughs> yeah, like, so definitely had many moments where, mm. yeah, but I, ju- I sort of just wished I was a little bit looking back, I was a little bit kinder to myself and allowed actually myself to to cry and maybe just release some of that. Whereas I just used to just, I just pushed it down and carried on all the time. And I was almost too scared of letting my kids see that I wasn't coping. And I really regret that now. Like, you know, I've definitely learned from it and I can see there's a big lesson behind that. But I think if I was to start again, I would, you know, and I am now already doing that different kind of parenting style with my kids where I allow them to see see when I'm overwhelmed. I allow them to see when I'm sad. Whereas, you know, I remember the first time I did, they were like, I've never seen you cry, mum, you know, because I just always just didn't want to put that on them. But that's also, it's not really protecting them in any way. It's kind of making them feel that they have to keep coping all the time, but maybe they are allowed to, you know, they need to release that and feel that it's okay. Cause I've watched mum do it too, you know? So yeah, I would say, um, that was the biggest thing. And even my support system was obviously my husband, my mum, 
But, you know, my mum, the way she is and the way she was brought up, it's like, you'll be all right. You know, she would definitely come and give me a hand if I was feeling a bit overwhelmed, but she would feel uncomfortable seeing me uncomfortable and kind of try and get me out of it as fast as she could. So sort of like such a cycle of, you know, through your parent, like how your parents brought you up and how they were brought up and, you know, keep pushing that down, keep pushing those feelings away and just get on with it. Keep being capable. That's where, where you need to be at. Yes. Was there a time when you started noticing the emotions bubbling up over the surface and you're like, oh, I can't hold it down any longer? Does anything come to mind? Um, So I had a few, like the one time, this was when we were um, living overseas, I had a moment where my son banged his head on the um, coffee table and thank goodness it was actually the time when my mum just arrived literally probably two hours before. So she came for a visit and in all the excitement, my son was going, it was three years old, going through a suitcase and he like fell and banged his head, split his head open. We're in a foreign country and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so drove to this hospital, non-speaking, non-English speaking, you know, my, my son's head's like pouring with blood. Thank goodness I'm a nurse. So a certain point of me was like, you know, able to kind of manage it to a certain point. Um, but that was like a really traumatic experience. And I almost just had enough then because I took him there and the the way they went about things was, yep, we're going to have to stitch it up. Um, and they said, give him here, like bring him here. And like, I, I was just sort of like this nervous mum, like, oh, here's my son. Um, tr- kind trying to sort of, you know, not be that f- foreigner that's kind of just jumping in, just sort right, I'll just let them do their thing, handed him over and they went ahead and put him in like a straight jacket, like no talking to him. Literally his arms were down by his side. Imagine doing this to a three-year-old, right? And then strapping it like this and then going in to inject things into his head. And in that moment, I it was just probably the most horrific moment I've ever experienced as a mum and just that overwhelm, frustrate, like every feeling was just too much. And, you know, they ended up having to sedate him. They tried sedating him once and that didn't work because his like adrenaline and cortisol would have been just ridiculously high at that point. Then they sedated him again and almost like comatosed him. Like his, oh, it was just really horrible. And since then, um, his his issues with medical and doctors like we always talked openly about you know when you've needed to get an injection or things like that but his he developed a like lifelong fear for and he's still just we're still working through it now he's nine years old just with certain things but it was just yeah that was probably the biggest heartache moment as a parent where I thought I'm done with coping. I've failed right now. I've like my son, I've just put him through. Like I had no control, felt like I had no control over that situation. Just, yeah. And when you see like the after effects, it kind of just keeps reliving. You're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. So that's probably a big one for me that I still struggle with now. Like how could I have done that differently 
how could have I approached that? I should have been more assertive and said no and, you know, like just so many it's, little things. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? And and for those listening, um, Jen's referring to a time where they actually moved to, your whole family moved to South Korea yeah. due to your husband's work. So, you know, that in itself, foreign country, different language, you know, even just the idea of moving and being, you know, elsewhere for a long time with children is enough of a sort of a thing to sort of have to get your head around. And yeah. I mean, I, um, I lived in China for a little, a little bit. I actually studied Chinese, um, for a number of years and I know that I never really wanted, just wanted to be in like a foreign hospital, no. you know, in a hospital there. And it's not about China versus South Korea versus Europe versus Australia. It's just more that you're in a place where you know, I did speak the language. I spoke Mandarin and I was still nervous as hell and I knew whatever I was saying, let alone not knowing what people are talking about. They're jabbering away and they also have a different way, at least the, the, the Chinese, of sort of handling yes. the situations. I think in Australia we're very polite and, yes. oh, please, would you mind? And mm. Versus there and particularly with the younger generation, it's just kind of like, come here, are you going to do this and this and this? And um, so culturally, it's probably a a little bit to get your head around to. Did you notice that living in South Korea, like the cultural differences? Yeah, yeah. There was there was some really funny cultural differences, but um, also, yeah, like some beautiful ones as well. So um, but yeah, though, especially when it involved children, like from that moment on, I was so if they my kids had to go to the doctors or anything, I was just so much more. Um, assertive and was like, nah, this is not happening again. I'm having more control over what's going on. Like I, as I said, I'm like, I'm really glad I had that nursing background because I could sort of, you know, that helped me get, bring that assertiveness out and be like, you know, no, this isn't happening. Did you ever feel resentful that you didn't have your partner there at times in which you would have felt very vulnerable? I think that was one thing that I almost feel, you know, partly not to blame myself completely because I was so um, not comfortable with being vulnerable and I never showed it. So my partner never questioned it either. So I almost set myself up to not expect anything more. Um, So I, yeah, but equally then my husband, you know, as like for an easy life for him, it's like, oh, she's sweet. She's got this, you know? And like, for him, it was just like, cool. Like never really, he never really thought to kind of check in and see how I am. Like not to assert he's a beautiful husband and we talk a lot now. And obviously he is well and truly concerned about my feelings and times when we um, talked on the phone and I was really upset. He was always able to reassure me, but um, yeah, the majority, it wasn't really considered like, Oh, Hey, would you like me to try and stay a bit longer? It's almost like, Oh, I've got to go back. Like it wasn't that consideration. It was like, you know, almost more encouragement, like you'll be right. Like your mum's down there, you know, it was just, you know, this is how it has to be. Um, yeah, I sort of feel like he's done a bit of a 360 as well now with work. Cause he was so like, where he was in his career, it was really taking off and he was getting a lot of um, respect in his career position. Like it was like he was in his peak of career life. So we were having kids amongst where he was, you know, and I loved seeing him grow as a person and just seeing his um, him meeting and just feeling so proud of himself. And like, so it was like, I almost just forgot about my, you know, I just let that happen and just thought, oh, I'll, I'll cope. Like he's really, I want to support him through this 
stage in his life. Um, but now he's like done a 360 himself and is like work for him is a means to an end. And now he's like, I'm all about the family, kids, quality time, spending time with my kids. Whereas yeah, in the early stages, it wasn't that way at all. Mm, was there something that changed that was there or was it a over time something changed? What, what, yeah. I think I think what happened was um my son got older and he then started to really struggle with my husband doing FIFO work. Like his level of like separation from his dad was, you know, because when when Ryan was home, he would spend, you know, time in the shed, like Jax was next to his side the whole time. And then when he left, that was a big chunk of his kind of what he really enjoyed just went for a few weeks. And every time he left, it just got harder and harder for my husband, like, they would both end up in tears. And it was just like, what are we doing? Like, is this really, is this really worth it? Seeing like our son so upset, but I'm upset as well. So I think it was that for him that he realized that, yeah, their bond is so, so huge. And they just, they're like two peas in a pod. And it was like, they just wanted to spend more time together. And that's what really did the flip for my husband. Mm. So until that point, were you very much that sort of more the supporting role in that, you know, husband, very ambitious. I've got it when it comes to family. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm a full-time mum and I'm super content. Or was there a little bit of, wouldn't mind thinking about doing something myself that's a little bit, you know, going to progress my career or, you know, follow my passion. Where was your head at during that point? Yeah, I think I was very um, focused. That was my role. You know, I really let my feelings go in regards to um, like, I just, for me, I wanted to be the best mum I could be. Um, and I just found avenues what I enjoyed in my motherhood journey. Like, you know, there's lots of it that relates to my personality. Like my nursing is like nurturing that empathy, you know? So for me, it's like, I did that with my family. Like I created that bubble of where I was this kind of, um, yeah, the soul core of everyone's well-being in a way. And I did forget myself in the process. A lot of it, um, you know, I'd feel guilty wanting to go out for a walk or, um, you know, meet a friend on my own. Like I felt like I, I wasn't, no one was doing that. It was like me doing it because I was like, oh, everyone needs me and everyone feels more happier if I'm around. So I'll just stay around. But there definitely was moments I could feel that came up. And I just either, sometimes I was, you know, would be like, no, I really need this. But majority of the time I'll just be like, oh, it's all right. I'll, you know, I would say, oh, I just need to go for a walk or something. And one of the kids would say, can I come? And I'll just go, okay. And, you know, whereas I probably really needed that 10 minutes, 15 minutes on my own, but I kept going, okay, you know, I'm going, going to be there for everyone and just, you know, make people please. Like it's, it's Mm. in my blood, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, I can relate. (laughs) Something I'm working more towards is Mm. just finding a bit more of a balance with that of, you know, recognizing my own needs and valuing them. But yeah, it's been a big learning curve for my family to, to adapt to now I've got a business and, you know, their mum that they had, like, literally, I was the mum that, you know, if you looked in, I, you know, 
had healthy snacks filled up in the fridge, the pantry, dinner was always on time, you know, perfectly balanced meals, you know, the fun mum. Like I was literally, yeah, every box you could tick as to what a like perfect mum looked like in society. That's pretty much what I did. Um, and then, yeah, like now running a, like running my own business, you can't maintain that. Like, and it's just not. And not that it was important to, but it was just my identity back then. And now my identity has shifted. It's, you know, it's this first year of business. I'm just um, nearly about a year and a half now, but I think we've gone through a massive learning curve as a family. My husband started to see this other side of me that was really hidden for a long time. And yeah, it was a big adjustment, but now I feel like we've come probably the last six months. It's like all becoming balanced again and everyone's, you know, understanding that things have changed and, and actually are really proud of what I've started to achieve. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas it was a bit more resentment at first of, you know, hang on a minute, like, where's our, where's our set meals? And, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm saying to the kids, dropping the kids off, oh, mum's forgot that. And you yeah. know, the kids are like, what? Like, you never do this. Like, what has happened to you? <laughs> How old are your children now? Um, they're nine, seven, and next, uh, on Sunday, I'll have a five-year-old as well. I'm curious then. So that was the identity for a very long time, like you said, being the the mom and being everything to everyone within the family, again, can so relate. What made you want to change that up and start your own business? Uh, Do you know what? I really would like to pinpoint what it was, but I think it was for me, um, like people had talked about, um, how I've supported them with sleep, like friends and family. I've been doing this for as long as I've had children really um, because I guess because mum was my focus, I was, you know, it became a passion at the same time and, you know, I just started to get educated and learn more and go, okay, cool, and just start to have some some control like when I was feeling out of control in my, in my other ways. And then we did a trip to um, the centre of Australia. We went to Uluru. And like on that drive home, I said to my husband, like, I really feel like maybe this is something I should entertain because people are constantly telling me that I'm good at what I do. And, you know, I I think I should maybe look into this. So, and my husband was like, yeah, do it. Like, I reckon you'd be great at it. Like, go for it. And then it was kind of that for me, hearing that from my husband, I was like, yeah, like it was that kind of approval, I suppose, or going, okay, he's saying, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's try and investigate this. Um, and then, yeah, that led me to study. But I think now if I could go back to like where we were, like, yeah, maybe eight, 10 months ago, he probably regrets even saying that for that little (laughs) moment of time, because he did lose me for a while because I was like, then this, once I started to look into something that I liked, this passion just ignited and it kept growing and growing. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt this whole new, you know, I'd always worked for people like a nurse or done things for others. And this was something that I was getting so much out of for myself, but it was, you know, it benefited because it was a business at the same time. But yeah, this like ignition inside of me was just went like full blown. And then that's when my whole family were like, holy, what's happened here? Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was like, it's like all this built up stuff just kind of came out and into my business. And I, I love that. And now I feel like 
I let that all out. And now I feel like things are coming back to a more like things are just manageable now. And I'm kind of going, okay, I almost needed that big burst. Um, it's like when you go out for the first time when you haven't had a drink as a mum and you've just stopped breastfeeding or something, you just go nuts and then you start calming down. And then, you know, you can always see the first time mums that are going out for the first time. They're like next level. Um, so yeah, I sort of felt like that with my business. It was like, wow, like, um, you know, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, where's this fire coming from? And yeah, like, obviously that's not sustainable for anyone, even myself. And then, yeah, now I feel like I can actually be, I can have my own thing. I can be a great mum still. I don't have to be a perfect mum and that's not what mum is supposed to be, which I've had to learn the hard way that actually my kids are much better for me. Um, not meeting everything on time, not like getting this perfection version. Um, so now I feel like things are just balancing and everybody's getting their needs met, but maybe not right at that moment. You know, they might have to wait five minutes or whatever, yeah. but it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, the simple stuff, um, which they never had to think about before. Now they, you know, my husband will walk in the door and be like, Oh, so what's for dinner? And <laughs> you know, whereas before it was yeah. just there, ready to go, <laughs> trying to like test the waters. What kind of day she had? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what does that do to your relationship, particularly when you are finding that you know the dynamics are starting to shift now? You're not the the sole person at home who's really looking after everyone in the family. I mean. Were there any, I mean, it would have taken a little bit of getting used to from both of your parts. Like what would you say to people who are potentially mums or dads who are wanting to do what you did and what can they be looking for in their relationships, like, you know, and and managing that dynamic change? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, you've got to grow together. And if, you know, at first having that resistance from my husband and it's like I was feeling like on top of the world and like this growth, this next level was coming out of me and I was feeling like it was getting dismissed and like almost nope get back in that box like you can't be so grown like we can't you know and it's I think partly was a little bit of fear on his part like I don't know like I don't have control over this not that he was in control but you know now he's like it's this unknown and he's seeing this other side to me and he's just not you know it's making him feel insecure um so for us, it was, it took a while to really get to the root cause of how we were feeling because we're both, we both at times struggle with being vulnerable and that's what it takes to be vulnerable. And we needed to find that. So there was a lot of, um, back and forth, like arguing, nitpicking, like, you know, um, just questioning what everyone's doing. And it's just, it went on, on like that for a while. And I don't know, for me, I would say find that place where you feel um, like you can talk to your partner and talk really honestly and openly and not have the stresses of busy, you know, three kids. It's, you know, when you come home from work and I'd be still working, we had three kids around. We're not going to have this massive like blowout like or have a big DNM when we've got dinner and we've got baths. And, you know, there's finding those times and making those times happen and um yeah like whether it's going out organizing a dinner or someone to look after the kids where you two can have a moment for us it's like going to bed a bit earlier and lying in bed talking like that's where we you know are kind of de-stressed from the day and we can start to feel you know and be vulnerable like in a safe space and that's where we kind of got through it was those late night chats where 
you know, there's, there's no, nothing involved, no alcohol, no nothing. It's just, you're in that zone because all those stuff can kind of stop you getting to that root cause. And, you know, so that's what we did. And as I said, it wasn't like we sat down and said, right, we're going to be vulnerable tonight. It just took a while of like, um, supporting each other with what we were saying. So, you know, my husband would say something and I would then respond, oh, I I feel this way when you say that to me, you know, and it was like that kind of counselling together just but rather than attacking um, because that's what we did initially because I was trying to protect this new passion and he was trying to protect his old wife and where's that lady gone? Um, So, yeah, once we got over that, it was just that talking through. It's just and it honestly, again, it could have made or break like we could have gone either way because um, I think it's so important to, like I said, grow with your partner. And if you can't or you stop them from growing or that's that can be really, really um, difficult. Absolutely. And you both need to want to do that. And you both, yeah. as in you both need to want to come to the party. You can't necessarily force someone who's not there, like who's not really ready to, to join the party. Like would, no, would you that's say right. that too? Yeah. And it's not like you're both going to be ready at the same time. I was well and truly ready before him. Right. And then it's kind of just gradually just, you know, keep talking, keep entertaining that conversation until we kind of meet in the middle. And, you know, for me as well, it's just talking to close friends that, you know, are really good at, um, you know, I've got one, one of my really close friends, like her communication skills are like next level. So, you know, she's so into um, personalities and how to um, create the response that you want, blah, blah, blah. And, she knows my husband so well. So I was like, how can I say it like this without creating this response? Because it it comes from a good place. Um, and yeah, like, so just kind of, you know, really wanting to work on it because we have so much good things going on and this would be so silly to let that become a part just through some growth that we both are doing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's so true. And it's always a time in which, um, yeah, there's a real shock factor to the relationship, i.e. when you first have a child. Like I know uh, the resentment was huge for me when I first had my first baby because I was like, mate, you're over there going off to work. I'm here like with the bubs all the time. Like, excuse me, but you should be like kissing the ground I walk on. (laughs) (laughs) But like before then we were rock solid. And then, you know, that happens and you go, you know, you go through your, your stage and as you you said there's this the bickering and then this and that and then mm-hmm. eventually you know you get to a point where you're having conversations more regularly about how you can move through it and again that's why I asked about the career shift because uh, you know going from full-time mum to business owner it's another massive shift um yeah how did your children initially because you you sort of you mentioned your husband was like what the when, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you went full steam ahead with the business how did you, did you notice changes in your children's behavior yeah definitely yeah they did struggle just like my husband with the changes in their mum and you know not being readily available and things like that and yeah there was you know and it was probably um seeing my husband's feelings as well would kind of resonate with them too and I think it took um again when my husband and I went through this and I realized that they all just 
actually really love having me around and they miss me and they were just, and rather than seeing it in like, oh, you just don't want me to do this. It was like, no, they actually love, you know, and that's what my husband said. We just love having you around. Like we love your presence. We love spending time with you. And that's what they were craving. But I kept thinking they were trying to like stop my, my growth or like where I was, but they were like, no, we just genuinely love and miss you. And yeah, so that was like, oh, to the heart, you know, just like, okay, something I need to change this. I need to make this work. It's not just about me. If it was about me, I'd be, you know, doing this on my own, but I'm not, I've, I've got a family, um, people I really care about and want to spend time with. And, you know, no business is worth that. So it's kind of like, how can I have both get, get my needs met? So I feel like as mums or we've got to do so much, I don't know, so much more work or balancing and working this out like that. We've got a lot of, yeah, lots of things to sort through. We're so, we're so something to everyone. And it's like, how can we make this? Yeah. Fit for us as well. Mm. Any tips for um, parents listening who, you know, are trying to navigate this whilst having children? I mean, were were you just constantly giving, like over communicating with your kids and saying, look, mum's now doing this, mum will be back at this time, I don't know, setting boundaries? Like how did you sort of navigate that? It's definitely like a work in progress still. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I stopped because I was like, you know, putting the kids to bed and then I was working late. And then if, you know, a kid would come out of bed, I'll be like, I'm just got to do this. And, you know, and I was like, no, I'm not working after hours. I don't need to do that. Like, um, you know, when my kids get home from school, that's when I start to, you know, there might be the odd times I've got one or two people to talk to. But generally I'm like, right, no, mum switches on now. It is such a juggle, isn't it? Honestly, like, I mean, speaking, I'm a property developer and um, very sort of um, demanding career and I love it, but I also, you know, love being a mom and all the other things. So I'm just listening to you talk and I'm like, yes, the juggle is real. <laughs> so I love that. And if we come full circle, I think it's just, um, it's so inspiring actually to to hear your story and, and see the different facets of your life and see the different kind of um identity shifts that have sort of yeah. um yeah you, that you've gone through I think it's amazing when you look back at that journey and even look back at I mean the person that you were prior to children how do you think motherhood has changed you as a person made me more adaptable and less controlled um I've let loads of small things go because again my mum was so capable the house was like immaculate um, she was a working mom. I never saw her falter once. I don't think I never saw her break down, never saw her not coping. It was just like, she was just like, bang, bang, bang. Um, so I've learned like to let that go and kind of use, use, um, some of the things that my mom has taught me, but not everything. Um, and learn to just be that less controlled, adaptable, you know, things that used to bother me, like, I don't know, the kids with toothpaste, for example, when it goes all dried and crusty around the outside, yes. like, <laughs> you know, like I would almost like check all these little things before I left the house, like, oh my yes. God. And now I'm like, do you know what? That crust can stay there for a while because yes. I don't have time to sort that little crust out. <laughs> and does it really matter? No, like it really yeah. doesn't matter. Like, why am I going to get stressed out of my kids? They're kids. Like, 
you know, and so that control factor, not to have that perfection, you know, <laughs> toothpaste splattered on the mirror, who cares? Like, you know, you're going to have days where they're not out there to get you. They're not out there to make your life harder. They're actually just being kids. And so it's kind of really seeing what's important and what really matters. Um, so yeah, definitely on so many levels, motherhood's just given me that more well-rounded, um, just, yeah, just much more just chilled out, I think in general. I love that. And I like the word balance comes to mind, Mm -hmm. just like balance, like, you know, and I'm a, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So I can so relate to the whole, you know, make sure everything's absolutely perfect to the nth degree. Um, yeah. So no, I a hundred percent here. I think it's, yeah, it's awesome to reflect. Um, it's funny because the word balance also gets me sometimes. So yeah, someone taught me, um, you know, it's more like a seesaw because balance is meant to mean that you have this all even and it's like the seesaw effect that you know it's never going to be even you're never going to get that work family balance they're like what is that how does that look you know whereas the seesaw effect is that sometimes work might go like this and up higher and your family are down and then it will flip up like it will just constantly change and adapt and being okay with the moments where actually that area needs more focus for that moment you know everyone will still survive blah, 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 or vice versa. No, my, my kids actually need that focus right now. This business call can wait. This second email can wait. So it's that constant seesaw approach and going, okay, yeah, it's, I think, you know, it's trying to get that balance almost as unachievable, um, as a general rule in, in parenting and business and everything else, self-care. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Like you can have it all, but just not all at the same time, That's you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. Uh, oh, I love that. Tell me um, a little bit about the work that you do and also how people can find out more about you. Yeah. So my business is Sleep Thrive Grow. Some people say consulting, but Sleep Thrive Grow Consulting or Sleep Thrive Grow. And it's basically a space where mums can get assistance if they're really struggling, well, mums and dads, if they're really struggling with sleep with their little ones. So it's from from pretty much birth, we can start talking to, um, you know, five years of age, but it's a range of different programs depending on your needs. So there's some parents just want some guidelines to follow, which I have sleep guides available. Other parents are really craving that one-on-one because they're feeling really unconfident in what they're doing and they just don't know where to start. So that's when the two weeks of support working one-on-one with families, either in home in Perth, if they're local or overseas, it's like over the phone or we do Skypes and Zooms, What, however works for someone to be able to learn and adapt and understand um, some different kind of things that they can try. I'm open to all all styles of communication because we all learn differently. So yeah, have those. And then sometimes I have the I have the small sleep guidance package, which is literally a half an hour call if mums or dads have these burning questions or, you know, it's looking pretty good, but like, oh, what is that? Like why can't I get that right? Or why is they why are they responding that way? Um, we can just kind of go through and create um, some guidelines specific to that situation. And as I said, it's not, we don't always need a big quick, like a big um, fix or a big overview. It might be just tweaking a few things. So that's when the 30 minute call um, can be a real option. 
And yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. So my Instagram handle is sleep underscore thrive underscore grow. Um, and then my website is sleepthrivegrow.com. So and I'll pop those details in the episode notes so people can find you too. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today and telling us your story. And um, it's, yeah, it's been so cool just to hear, as I said, all the different facets that have made up your journey to date. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, oh, it's been, yeah, like you say, a therapy session. It's very, <laughs> very nice release. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. Want to be part of the Parenthood community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Parenthood Pod. Now I'll let you get back to the organized chaos. Until next time.